Good morning. It was a great day yesterday, I have to say. So many people coming off the estate and really appreciating that they didn't have to pay for things. Um, you know, I was speaking to a single mom who said, you know what's really blessed me today, been a refreshing for me, is that I've come to something. I haven't got my four kids pestering me, asking me for money, which really I can't afford if I'm honest. So it's not an enjoyable experience. But today has been enjoyable because I haven't had to keep giving them money apart from having a burger. So bless your blessing comes from you. So thank you, everybody here who's made that happen and given into the fun day because things do cost money. And it did cost somebody money, but you paid the price for it. So hopefully they've gone away with good reports that it's a good place to come to. And we're always here if they want refreshing and want to be encouraged. We're here for them. And they know we're here. And I think that's a good thing. Amen. But thank you, everybody who served. So, yeah, we're starting a new series called uh, One Anothering. And I'm starting it off with a message called Breathing New Life into One Anothering. Um, We started this year with this phrase, Breathe New Life. I feel it's important as a church. I believe God's given us a new breath. Is anybody alive in here? God breathes new life into us. We don't breathe life into ourselves, but we accept God and we receive the breath of God. We receive the good news. We receive the gospel and the spirit of God called the Ruach or the wind of God comes into us and revives us. Has anybody experienced that? And sometimes that can go a bit flat, so we have to be refreshed again. Was anybody refreshed in the worship? I've nearly lost my voice. You know, why is it important to come and sing songs together? Paul actually writes in the scriptures and he says, if you want to be filled with the Spirit, he says, don't get drunk with wine, but be filled with the Spirit. You do this by singing spiritual songs and psalms to each other. So if you want to be filled in the presence of God, come and sing with all your heart. And when we come together, you're singing, the breath in you comes alive again. But if you come going, God, I want you to bless me. No, God's blessed you with his spirit. He's blessed you with his son and he's blessed you with his spirit and he's given you everything you need for life and godliness. I'm preaching this morning. So he's given it to you. So what you've got to learn to do is open the tap and let it out. So when we come together, we're singing songs and we're being filled with God's spirit as we come together. Does anybody feel that this morning? I feel like I don't need to preach this morning. I'm already filled with the spirit and I'm ready and I'm ready to preach to you this morning. But it happened here, it didn't happen before, it happened here when we came together and we sang songs to Jesus. Is this making sense? So it's important that we come, we come with all our hearts and we open our hearts and we sing songs of rejoicing and praise to God. Now, sometimes we are mourning because it's sad, but come with a sad heart and open your heart to God and let him refresh you and comfort you and heal you where you're at. Does that make sense? So I just feel encouraged this morning. I feel filled because I didn't feel full before, but I feel full now and I feel to share that with you. I didn't feel like preaching this morning. I said, I'm like, I feel dead this week. I don't feel there's any life in me. And I've got to preach on breathing new life, but there's no life in me. So God, where are you? Are you with me? The truth is he's in me. The truth is he's with us. And the truth is he's transforming us. So it doesn't necessarily mean how we feel, it's the truth, and I'm going to come and worship God in spirit and in truth. So I want to encourage you when you come together, come with all your heart and come praising Jesus when we gather together and believe God's going to refresh you in his presence, in worship, but also with the word of God. Amen? Somebody's somebody's liking this. I think we've got an African in the house. We've got, come on, we've got Africans over here. Have we got any white Africans over here? Woo, we have. (laughs) it's not about being African it's not about culture it's about God's kingdom and it's about the spirit of God bringing you alive and reviving you if you want revival God's given you the opportunity to be revived 
Some of you are alive this morning. Some of you are catching it. Right, I better get on to what I'm preaching about then. <laughs> so here's the deal. We started this year. There's a wall here. We're talking about building this year. We looked at the book of Nehemiah, Arise and Build, Put Your Hand to Good Things. And they built, they, as a team, they built something. They built the wall of Jerusalem. And we're talking about this year building, but building people. And one of the areas we're looking at is building one another. And that's why we're looking at one another and giving us some tools to one another. And I want to look at someone this morning who always inspires me. But he was inspired by Jesus himself, but he was an inspiration to many. And he was an inspiration to share the gospel through easy times, but more often difficult times. And he's an inspiration because he did not give up sharing the good news, even though he went through many difficulties. And his name is Paul. Is the Apostle Paul who was put in chains, he was imprisoned, he was beaten, but he did not back down on sharing the gospel. He did not back down on one anothering. He wrote letters to the churches to tell them, keep going, even though I'm in chains. Even though you see me suffering, you need to keep going and preaching the gospel. The good news hasn't changed, the truth hasn't changed. Keep preaching the gospel and telling people about Jesus and the grace of God and the mercy of God. He's saying, keep going, but I'm in chains. Is anybody in chains this morning? You may think, I'm in chains. I feel trapped. I feel insecure. But I'm here to tell you now, there's a greater power that's available to you if you receive it to get you out of those chains. And that's why Paul kept preaching in chains. Because I'm not chained by chains because the word of God cannot be chained. And I'm here this morning to tell you, whatever you're in, God can rescue you. He can deliver you. He can heal you. He can restore you. He can move you out of your yesterday into your new horizon of tomorrow. Because that's God and God cannot be chained. He's an all-powerful God. He's the Al Shaddai, as it says in the Old Testament. There's nothing that's greater than him. He is the name above all names. There's no one like him. He is all-powerful and he can change your life and transform you. How do I know? Because it happened to me, an insecure, timid, broken man that God impacted by his word and his spirit and all of a sudden power, love and a sound mind came to me and that's why Paul writes to Timothy and that's what we're going to look at because Timothy is scared because Paul's in chains he's in chains and his mentor we looked at and the gospel, the good news doesn't look so good because Paul's in chains circumstances don't look good but he's writing to him to tell him that actually I'm in chains, but I need to speak to you, Timothy. And I believe God wants to speak to some of us this morning. That even though we go through difficult times, God can bring refreshing to us. He can bring renewal to us. It might not turn out the way we think it's going to turn out, but God's still on the throne and God is still God. And if you stick with God, God is faithful and you will come through and the gospel will be heard in and through you and it will go out from you into your home, into your community. But sometimes we look at the circumstances and we, we get scared, we get timid like Timothy did. But Paul reminds him and he gives him some keys to help him. Are you still with me this morning? God's good. Let's give God some glory. Let's give God a round of applause this morning because he's ace. You just love God. So I'm going to read. I'm going to read from 2 Timothy chapter 1 verse 16 to 18. The context is Timothy is feeling scared because Paul's in chains. And um, he, he, he points to somebody. And this guy, I've never really looked at him that much, much, but he's inspired me to one another. He's inspired me about one anothering. Because even though Paul is in chains, this guy doesn't back down and he's one anothering. He could have been timid and scared and fearful and moved away from helping Paul, but he doesn't. He steps up to the mark. 
he steps up to the plate. He models the gospel. He models Jesus, what Jesus would do when Paul was in prison. And this inspires me. And I hope some of you will catch something that would inspire you this morning. And you'd be like this guy. His name is Onesiphorus. You have to be careful how you say that. Onesiphorus. And the young, some of the young people say, what are you on about? Onesiphorus of his name. I'm going to call him One. Is that okay? One. All right. So let's read 2 Timothy chapter 1 verse 2. And it says from verse 16. Sorry, chapter 1 verse 16. May the Lord show mercy to the household of Onesiphorus because he often refreshed me and was not ashamed of my chains. This is a great guy. This guy goes on to be like over many churches and eventually he is martyred for his faith. It, 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 to go and see Paul and to, to, to associate with Paul is as good as saying, I'm willing to be crucified and put in chains like Paul. But this guy is not backing down in his faith and his faith in Jesus Christ that even though he dies, I'll be resurrected again. This is a bold person who has the spirit that Paul is trying to tell Timothy is in him as well. And I want you to look at this guy. So let's look at him. It says, he was not ashamed of chains. On the contrary, When he was in Rome, he searched hard for me until he found me. May the Lord grant that he will find mercy from the Lord on that day. You know very well, he's talking to Timothy, many ways that he helped me in Ephesus. So I want to look at this guy because I believe this guy was great at one anothering. And I think we can learn something from this guy who helped not only in the church in Ephesus, but he helped him in Rome when Paul was in captivity. He didn't give up on him when, "Mm, not sure about this person. I don't like him anymore. He's, 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 He's in chains. Let's just stay over here and put, no, 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 no. I'm going to keep unconditionally loving this guy even when he's in chains. And I think we can learn something from that in church life. So here are a few things I want to encourage you to do if you want to be like Onesiphorus. If you want to be someone who wants to breathe new life into the body of Christ. You want to breathe new life into your family. You want to breathe new life into your workplace. You know that place? Yes, the place that you're called to be the difference and to shine in the corrupt generation. It's you that can be the difference and I know it feels dark, and I know it feels challenging, and I know it feels like you can't share the gospel because you'll get in trouble, but I want you to understand that you can have a confidence and a boldness in God, okay? That you don't have to fear or be ashamed of the gospel. So here's my first point that I learned from this guy, and I want to encourage you to be. Be someone who refreshes. Do you know those people that refresh you? You, you, you know who they are, you've come across them. Not the ones that come and put more burdens on you. You know them ones. You've just laughed at them. Don't laugh at them, love them. Forgive them, be graceful and merciful for them. But you know the ones that take things off you. You've come across them, right? I want you to be one of those. I want you to see the example of a refresher and say, I'm going to be a refresher. I'm going to choose to build up the body, not put it down. I'm going to be a refresher. Does anybody like refreshers? You know what they look like, the sweets? Uh, sorry if you're from a different cultural community and you don't, in another country, you don't know what a refresh. Do you get refreshers sweets in Africa? 
Oh, got different, got different countries. Do you know what a refresher looks like, sweet? Your different name? I'm lost now. I don't know. Sorry. I'll come back over here. Right. Okay. I'm trying. I'm trying. Somebody translates. Okay. But you know a refresher sweet, okay? You know what it looks like. You, you know the color of it. You, you, I'm not going to say the color, but I want you to picture it in your head. What color is the wrapper, okay? Don't, don't tell me. Don't, don't shout it out. Just picture the refresher sweet in your head. What color is the wrapper? Now, what color is the writing? There's only three colors, right, really, on a refresher suite. What color's the wrapper? What color's the, the out? There's, there's another color, and then there's the writing. Stop Googling it. <laughs> she's not really. She's just, she's just messaging her friend, saying, you need to tap into this preach. It's amazing. <laughs> right? Don't Google it. What color's the refresher? What color? Have you got it? Now, Baz, show it on the screen. Will he write? Did you get it right? Does anybody want to refresh it? You'll have one because I picked on you this morning. Does anybody else want to refresh it? First hand up. Yes. And Gemma. Gemma's very competitive. Never play Gemma at Monopoly. I'm still scored now. Okay. So they've been in my pocket for about three days. Enjoy. Does anybody want one more now? No, he's still unbothered about my pocket. Oh. We're friends. Okay. But you know what a refresher looks like. You know what they taste like. They're chewy. You don't want one when you've got a dodgy filling. But you know what they taste like. You know you have to chew them, and then you get through to them, and you have that little bit of fizzy thing on the inside. Woo! You know what it tastes like. You've tasted one. If you don't like them, I do apologize. Think of something else like a cola bottle. Use your imagination. But here's the deal. You know what a refresher tastes like. You know what it looks like. You know what it tastes like. You know what a refresher. So what does a refresher person look like? What do they look like? You know what they look like because you've met them. You know if you meet Jesus what he's like, he takes your burdens off you. He takes them off you. He removes the sin from you and takes them off you. You go away from Jesus feeling like 10 men or 10 women warrior, right? You're like, whoa, I spent time with Jesus. Anybody feel like that? Well, it's the same with people. We can be with people who say, I'm going to build them up and refresh them. I'm going to see the best in them. I'm going to look past their faults and see the best in them. And I know it's not easy. This is not an easy thing to do. But in God, we can do it. And that's what the church is first here to do, is to build each other up. But we get lost in the hurt and the pain. And listen, we want unity, right? We want unity in the church. But you know when you come in church, it's not all united. It's not, it falls out because we've got different opinions and things. But we have to look beyond them and keep our eyes on Jesus because he's the one who keeps us together. He's the only one who's got us in You look at the person next to you as if you'd really spend time with them. What are you doing in here with them? Look, turn around. You would not hang around with these people. Look how strange they are. Look, turn turn around and look at them. I know you don't like them, but look at them. Look how odd they are. Look how unique they are. Oh, look at him giving her a hug. But this this is the deal. The one thing that keeps us together is Jesus. It's the one thing we have in common. One God. 
One spirit. It's the one that we have that keeps us together. When we take our eyes off Jesus and on ourselves, we start having problems. But when we put our eyes on Jesus and the unconditional, sacrificial mercy and grace that he pours into you, now it's your job to pour that for somebody else. Is it easy? No. Do we get it wrong? Yes, we do. And I've got it wrong and I've looked at myself at times and thought, that was just unkind. That was not helpful. I'm putting burdens on people. And my wife will tell me at times. But our target is to help people and refresh people. You know what a refresher looks like. It's your decision to decide, do I want to be a refresher? I shared the other week, a few weeks back, about babies when they're born. They bring loads of problems. Right? We, we, we're in the church. We're like, we want people to be born again. Do we? Do you know what they bring? Do you know what messed up people bring? No, let's just keep it all nice in here. We don't want messed up people. Keep them out there. No, we do. We want messed up people in here. They're going to bring problems. They're going to bring challenges. So we've got to be merciful and graceful with them. But here's the deal. When babies are born, they demand everything off you. And I said this the other week. Imagine a baby that's born that says, hi, I'm here to help. That's a refresher, baby. That's a refreshing baby. You'd be like, let's have some babies, Doc. Can we have some more? This is helpful. Let's have some more babies. Let's make loads of babies. Wouldn't you? You would. My wife's looking at me saying, no, it's not happening, Doc. The dog was the final one. That's it. It was two kids and a dog. That was it. But, you know, imagine everybody like that. I am here to help, mummy. Hi, daddy. I'm here to help. Well, here's the deal. I've come across people who've come to faith and been born of God and had that spirit. They've walked in the church and gone, what do you want me to do? I'm here to help. They're not religious people. They're just freed by God's truth and God. They've been delivered. Their spirit is right. Their spirit is free. Their spirit is hungry to refresh and to help because they realize Jesus has helped them first. Wow, Jesus has taken that burden. What can I do to help others? Does this make sense? And if you're not like that, I'd encourage you to to come to Jesus and say, God, I come to you with my burdens. I come to you with my pain. And I just let go today because I can't carry them anymore. They're making me ill. That's what I did. And the relief and the freedom that I found, I felt completely refreshed in God. I felt, wow, I don't have to earn this love. No, you need to not earn it, Paul. I give it. It's called grace. Wow. And sometimes I get tripped back up into that and I try and earn it and it wears me out. Then I realize that Jesus, his grace, gives it me as a gift. And it starts with acceptance. Wow, I'm accepted. And if you're trying to find acceptance, it will wear you out. The way we get accepted is faith in Christ and trust his promises. Listen to what his word says. Let it renew your thinking. And may he refresh you out of his grace, not out of your works. Because if you've first not been refreshed by the refresh of himself, you're going to struggle to refresh others. You need the source to refresh you first before you can refresh others. Otherwise, you'll wear yourself out. It's called religion. And you'll go so far and you'll get burnt out. But if the Spirit of God refreshes you, it's an everlasting source. It's an eternal promise. It's, it, it never, it, Jesus says it's like rivers of living water that flow out of you. It's not a pond that you go and dip into and get out. It's a river that's flowing and it just, whoa, what is this thing? It's a source of life that I get. It's a bit of a mystery, but the image that God gives us is it's a river that brings life. And at the side of it, we can plant trees and they can flourish and we can grow in the things of God. It's an everlasting, eternal source that does not grow, does not go, grow dry. 
And the farmers are freaking out because we're having no rain at the moment. But the rain will come. And if you're in a dry season, the rain will come. And if you're going through difficulties, wilderness, the rains will come. Why? Because God promises the rain. He promises through seasons, you'll go through, you'll grow through difficult ones. If you're in God, it says the olive tree, it grows through all types of seasons. And if you're in God and you're trusted in God, whatever season you're in and you're going through, keep, in, keep hold of the word of God, keep hold of Jesus, keep hold of your hope, and believe that in it and through it, you're going to grow. You're growing in it and through it so that you can be a refresher for others when you come through it. So the first one is be someone who refreshes. Does anybody want to be a refresher? You know what they look like. I'll let you work that one out. You know, are you, here's a challenge. Are you committed or you're a non-committed person? Or you're a naysayer, pessimistic, a worrywart? I like this one, a wet blanket. <laughs> you know, what kind of person do you want to be? Do I want to be committed? Is Jesus committed to me? Jesus was committed to me. So I'm going to work through my insecurities and be a committed person. Because that's what a refresher is. Or am I going to just attend church and be non-committed to people? That's not committed. Jesus loves you, he saves you, and you're saved. But, come on, it's about him being the Lord of your life. It's about you being built up and building others up. There's a commitment. So we need to move beyond non-commitments. And the naysayers who just sit around and worry, and come on, you need to get out of that. That's not the best thing. It's not the healthiest thing for you. So be someone who refreshes. The next thing, this is what it says he did. It says, he searched hard for me until he found me. What a great quality. This guy did not give up searching for Paul. We've seen this week in the news all around the world, children that have been lost in a cave. We've seen the tenacity of individuals that have brought their skills together from around the world and said, we're not giving up searching for these children. Why? Because they're precious. They're lost and they're in darkness. They're probably scared. They're probably thinking they're going to die, but we're not going to give up searching for them. And that's the kind of spirit that Onesiphorus had. Paul's in chains. He's probably a little bit scared, but I'm going to look for him to encourage him. I'm going to be like a breath of fresh air to tell him, keep going with the gospel and don't give up. I'm going to remind him. And this is what this guy did. And I want to encourage you, be like him. Be someone, he says, I'm going to search until I find someone. I'm going to look, have eyes open in the body of Christ. Until I find a way, sorry, find someone who I can refresh. Does anybody need a refresh this morning? Put your hand up if you a bit warm and you won't be refreshed. Janet at the back. Oh, there's probably too many of you. Just, just go to Janet. There you go. Anybody else want to refresh? Do you, we got, you know what it is. You know what it is. There you go. Here's some ice cream. Put your hand up if you want some ice cream. The hands are going up. There's nothing dodgy in it. I'm an okay pastor, aren't I? I'm putting anything dodgy in it. No, my kids might put things in it. I don't know, but we haven't, I promise you. There's some ice cream to refresh you. You're doing a good job, Gary. It should have been ice pops, but they weren't frozen. <laughs> so they've been inventive this morning, and they've found ice cream, and they've found pots. Uh, and 
You can give your son, Gary. It's okay. Oh, no, he's not giving his son. <laughs> okay. See, it's not hard to look for someone who needs refreshing. We just need to open our eyes and open our ears to have a listen to anybody who's going through difficulty. Anybody who's had a, a loss that you can just spend 10 minutes with, have a cup of tea and just listen to them. You know, it's not hard to find people in this world who are going through difficulties. I'm not saying that they accept Jesus as their Lord and Savior straight away, but you can still refresh somebody if you look for somebody. Onesiphorus looked diligently. It's a quality of Jesus. Jesus didn't leave me and you. He searched for us with everything and came after us. I'm going to read 1 Thessalonians 5 verse 14. And I like this because it starts with the word. It's from the message version. I'll read from the top. It says, get along among yourselves. <laughs> Easier said than done sometimes. It's hard enough having a family unit and everybody getting along. Let alone 40 family units in one room. Just think about that. Each of you doing your part. Our counselors that you warn the freeloaders to get a move on. <laughs> wow. So Jesus promises to take our burdens and our yokes off us but he does he promises that we'll have a yoke and we will have a burden but it's not heavy but it's light so when he's saying freeloaders he's talking about people who are doing nothing okay and then he says but this is how he says speak to him i love this paul says gently encourage so the ones who frustrate you gently encourage them <laughs> gently encourage the stragglers the ones who do you nothing. The ones who wind you up because they don't do it the way you want it done and they don't do it now. Gently encourage the stragglers. And reach out for the exhausted. Pulling them to their feet. I'll guarantee there'll be people in this room at some point you'll feel exhausted. And you need someone in here to pull you to your feet. You need God to minister to you or just be there for you receive prayer ministry, or just listen to you. You need that at times of exhaustion. You can't do it all on your own. Then he says this, be patient with each other, with each person, attentive. Attentive. Are we attentive to people's needs? I know we're probably attentive to our own needs, but are we actually attentive to people in our lives and their needs? Very often I'm tunnel vision with where I'm going and actually forget the person next to me and behind me and actually do I consider their needs. Are you with me this morning? And this is what we're here to do. If we're going to want another, we've got to listen out for people's needs. God listens to our needs. I know God listens to our needs. I've had answers to my own personal needs through people that are not even in this church who've come in this church and given me things that I'd actually asked God for and they only came in once and they gave it to me and they wouldn't even know about it, but I'd asked for it. God uses his body, not just here, but outside of this room. Does that make sense? I'll, I'll share a testimony, right? This year I wanted to take Sarah on holiday and I'm thinking, okay, God, where can we go and, you know, finance and different things and, and I said, God... I know Sarah loves Cornwall. It's a favorite place. She grew up as a kid. I want to go there. 
And I, and, and, and I just said that in a prayer. This isn't for me, it's for Sarah. I feel it's important that I take her this year. She's had a difficult year, and mum's not been well, you know. And little did I know that my stepdad would die as well, and we'd have a difficult couple of months. And I said, I want to go Cornwall. You must know someone who's got a caravan in the, you know, the middle of nowhere. I don't care what it looks like, just a, a roof over my head, a stable, just whatever, Jesus. Right? Something. And you know what? Somebody walked in this church about two months later, and they'd been to Alton Towers, and they sat at the back, and she started to talk to me. I said, where are you from? She says, I'm from Cornwall. I said, oh, my wife likes Cornwall. I thought, that's a coincidence. And she gave me this leaflet of this barn conversion. And, she, and I, you know what I thought? This is what I thought. You cheeky thing, getting me, Sal. You're getting, getting people, you know, give out leaflets in the church so I can get people fill your barn. That was my initial thought. I've got to be honest. I thought, you got me give these leaflets out. I said, oh, that's lovely. That's great, that is. That's fantastic. Yeah, thank you very much. I thought, what do you want me to do? I thought, that's wrong on me, wrong attitude. Anyway, she said, you give me a call if you want to come down and I'll sort you out. She's only ever been in this church once, okay? Once. You can say it's coincidence, it's chance. But I know what I'd ask God for, not for myself, but for Sarah. I emailed her and she said, I don't want you to pay anything, you can have it for free. You know, it was a lot of money. It wasn't just, a, it, wasn't a, it wasn't a barn, right? Like Jesus did. It was a blinking, very good barn conversion. And we were able to go, me and Sarah, and take Sarah's mum who'd been through difficulties with her dad. Also, my mum who just lost her husband. We all went together as a family, right? Why do I tell you that? Not because I want to boast about, I want to tell you that God knows our individual needs. And he will use the body of Christ to fulfill those needs. But it took somebody from Cornwall to pass by and feel to come to this church to provide that provision for that. That was one of the greatest refreshes I've ever had this year. It really was. Um, yeah, and please don't praise me, praise God, because I tell you, I, I looked at that woman, I thought, you cheeky thing, giving me leaflets. That put me in my place. That put me in my place. And we had a great time. They had a farm, a working farm, and fed the ducks and pig every morning. A pig that sat on the floor. You say, sit, it sat. We, we, I thought I need to train my kids better. It, 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 it was just a great time of refreshing. I, I tell you that to inspire you, that God can use you as a refresher like Onesiphorus who went to Paul and refreshed him when he was in chains. There's people that are exhausted. There's people that are struggling. There's people that are struggling. We've got to be patient with them. We've got to be kind with them. We've got to, we've got to demonstrate the gospel through kindness and love that it actually builds them up and they believe in and actually God is alive and the body is alive. He's still with me. So be someone who refreshes Search until you find someone. That woman on that day didn't have to come here, but she felt to come here. And she knew I was exhausted, I was tired, and we needed a refresh. I thank God for that opportunity. I really do. It surprised me that actually answered my prayer. I was thinking, I can't believe you've actually answered that, God. Sometimes I don't think you listen. <laughs> and the next thing is, so, be someone who refreshes Search until you find someone and find ways you can help. I kind of touched on this. Hebrews 10 verse 24 says this. Let's see how inventive we can be in encouraging love and helping out. I mean, are there any inventors in here? Anybody like Back to the Future? Some of you, some uh, I've lost some of you. If you've never seen Back to the Future, my, my Olivia is into it at the moment. We've watched it three times each episode in the last two months. Is that right? 
And she still keeps happening. Daddy, why is it called Back to the Future? What is happening? Where are they going back? Where are they going forward? Where are they now? It's like, oh my word. I need a degree in physics and everything else that's going, oh, where's Josh? Josh, you're good at things like that, aren't you? Maybe I could borrow you for the afternoon and explain Back to the Future for me. To my... Is that okay? I'll pay you. It's not a problem. But here's the deal, right? Back to the Future. Have you seen the inventor on there? He's amazing. George, George, just stand up. George, just stand up for me. Don't you think he looks like George? I wondered. George, I do apologize. I, I know you, George, well enough that actually, have you got a DeLorean car? A car. It's the car that, if you, I'll explain to you later. All right, sorry. Do you know that lawnmower you gave us? No, is that kind of like a, no, no, it's just a lawnmower. Here's the deal, right? On that, the event, he's got really crazy hair. Not like George's. George's is cool. Really crazy hair, right? Massive hair. And he, he, you, know, you know him, right? I can't even remember. What's his name? Mr. Brown. Brown. Emmett Brown. There you go. I didn't even know him. Emmett Brown, he's like a proper inventor, how inventors should look, yeah? And, he, and, he, and he, he uses his car. He turns his car into a time machine, and they're able to get back and change things. It's amazing, right? Here's the deal. We don't need to make time machines to be inventors. We just need to use our brains and think, where is an opportunity I could help? That's it. You say, well, what do you want me to do? No, I don't want to tell you what to do. Because if I tell you what to do, I'll always be telling you what to do. I want you to use your brain and think and see and look for opportunities because that will empower you. It will give you purpose and satisfaction in you because you've chosen. Actually, I chose to do that. Nobody told me to do it. Now, there's times when we say, can you help me? Yeah, that's okay. But actually, can you look for opportunities and can you see them and can you lend a helping hand? You know, yesterday we cleared away after this fun day. The volunteers were phenomenal. I'm not just saying that. You know, very often I'm looking around. I thought, oh, can you do this? Can you do that? Can you do that? I didn't ask one person to do anything. I didn't ask people to hoover, but they were hoovering. I didn't ask people to bring the chairs in, but they were bringing the chairs in. The only person who asked me what they can do was a child. A child said, can we help? And I said, yeah, can you carry them chairs one at a time, please? That was the only person who asked me. But you know what? The place got cleared away. I was like, this has been the best part of the day. It refreshed me. Why? Because they knew. They opened their ears. They opened their eyes to see what they could do to help and clear it away. They all worked together as the body, and it was cleared away within about half an hour, and it was done. The place was looking better than it was before. <laughs> no, no, that's no disrespect to our cleaner, because our cleaner does a wonderful job. Right? But here's the deal. They saw ways that they could help. You've got things going on in your world and you can use your brain to see opportunities and to lend a helping hand. I'm not going to tell you what to do. I want you to find ways to do that. Does that make sense? That can be at home. Like putting the bins out. We'll move on. It's an ingoing joke, by the way, that I don't put the bins out. Do you know what I did last night? You'd never believe I didn't even tell Sarah. I went downstairs. I thought I'm on my front foot. I put the, started to put the bin out, and I was like, what color bin is it? And I, I'm never always sure. Is it blue or is it the, the dark one? I'm like, so I look down the street, there's no bin. I went, all the bins. I'm like, oh, it's Saturday, not Sunday. <laughs> it's because I'd been in church all morning. I was programmed, church bin, church bin. And I was like, gone home, church bin. I thought, oh, what a fool. I thought, I'm not telling Sarah, but I'll tell all you this morning. Oh, right, find ways you can help. A, pro, a, a, a quote here says this, a good person seeks out opportunities to do good. Is there any good people in here? 
Well, seek out opportunities to do good. It don't have to be big things. It can just be small acts of kindness that touch hearts, especially people in the body of Christ. So, search until you find someone. Find ways that you can help. You know, you're an inventor. You might not think you are, but God's given you a brain that you can think and think of ways to help other people. You know, Onesiphorus, all he did was, I'm going to search and look until I find Paul. Now, I don't know what he did. He doesn't say what he did. But he says to Timothy, you know, Timothy, you know very well how many ways he helped. You saw them with your own eyes. You witnessed them. You, you should be reminded of the goodness in people, Timothy. And the last point I'm going to say is this. We're going to breathe new life. All of this, what it does is it adds value. It adds value. It adds to that person's faith. When you, when you show acts of kindness or love, when you want another, you are adding value to their faith. You're building their faith up. You're building your own faith up. You're adding to it. You know, faith grows. Faith starts, but faith grows. You look at examples like Abraham in the Bible. They were given the promise of God that he was going to be a blessed nation, but he wasn't straight away a blessed nation. He wasn't like, oh, I'm a blessed nation. Done. Click a button. I'm on the computer. Instant. No. He had to go on a journey, and he goes so far, and God has to confirm it again. He has to say to him, Abraham, you're going to be a great nation. Look up at the stars. Have you forgotten who you're going to be? Who I am? Have you for-? He had to be reminded. And it's the same with us. We come to church and sometimes we forget because life's hard. We get exhausted. We struggle behind. And it needs people to come along and say, come on, keep going. That's why it says in Hebrews, don't stop meeting together so you can spirit each other on for good deeds. If we're left on our own, we just kind of fall back. But when we come together and we see others like Onesiphorus and Timothy keeps his eyes on him and think, wow, look at what Onesiphorus does. I'm going to keep doing it as well. And, and it's all here to add value. Not to take value, but to add value to the body. Add value to your family. Add value to your workplace. Add value to your school. Add value to your teacher. Add value to the person who you don't like so they see a difference you know Jesus is the best example would you agree who is the refresher he's the one who went out of his way to help you to find you and to add value to your life you know he's the one and you might not feel very valued this morning but I'm here to tell you God wants to add value to your life You know, if you get a zero and put a one in front of it, you get 10. That's all it takes. That's all it takes. You say, I'm nothing. Well, I put the one in front of you. Now you're 10, man. Jesus is the one. And if you put another zero, the other zero next to you, next to the one, then you get 100. So we get all the nothings together, like me and you, and we put Jesus in the mix, and we get 1,000, we get 10,000, we get increased value, we get someone who wants to build us up, who wants to tell us, keep going, tell us how important we are in his plans, because we feel like nothing at times, but we fix our eyes on Jesus, he's the one, and he reminds us of the price that he paid for you and me. You know, when we were trapped in our cave, like those boys were, Jesus came to our rescue. I mean, how deep would Jesus go into your cave? 
How deep did he go? What depth did Jesus go to for you? How deep was the cave? How dark was your cave? How smelly was your cave? I mean, these guys did a phenomenal job rescuing these kids. But I'm looking at it and I'm thinking, Jesus, you went way deeper than this. You took on the sin of the world. You took on the pain, the disappointment, the suffering. Jesus took it on. He went to the greatest depth on the cross. He was beaten. He was punished. He was mocked. He was rejected. He was ridiculed. He didn't have to do it, but he did it for you. He did it for you so you could have those burdens of sin and guilt removed so he could refresh you. He wasn't refreshing himself, he was refreshing you. And the blood of Jesus, it says, washes us and makes us whole again. It forgives us and it removes that sin from the inner parts of our lives. And it says we become a new creation in Christ and the old has gone. He breaks the chains, pulls in chains in prison. And he uses this phrase. He says, the word of God cannot be chained. It cannot be chained. You're in Christ this morning. The Word is in you. The Word is with you. And the Word is transforming you. And no death, no sin, no weapon formed against you will prosper because Christ is in you and greater. It's greater than what's in this world. And may He refresh you this morning by His truth and His Spirit.